Because for all their technology, all those marvellous advances they'd made, all that enlightenment they were so fond of telling themselves they had, not a single one of them could stop the slide. Their computers and modelling systems, their satellites and databases that had predicted the couple of metres of ocean rise so expertly, the desail plants they'd built by the hundreds, close to shore to minimise costs and piping, burning coal and oil faster than they could dig it. They were soon underwater and fucking useless. Containers swamped by tidal waves and sucked into whirlpools that broke apart and bled black. Wind turbines choked by dust storms. Wave turbines chewed by the sea. All those shiny, smooth solar grids, too scoured by grit to raise even a spark. The deep and ever deeper bores that had drained the water table and dredged up enough salt and toxins to kill the soil. None of it had amounted to shit. And that's when the panic set in. When a life rated less than a mouthful of water and that big greedy globe became a real angry one. When the war on climate became a war on everything and everyone. They reckon two great bombs was all it took. On the other side of the world somewhere. One in the east and one in the west. Blacking out the sky and wiping out half the planet. God's people doing their God's work. Though which of them had ascended to claim victory was anyone's guess. My grandmother said her biggest fear had been the spread of radiation, but for whatever reason, all that fucked up weather with its hot wind that kept blowing round and around worked like some kind of a shield, and that poisoned air had never drifted down. She reckoned it'd be raining there, over those ruined places, now and for a long time to come. Not water, but acid and ash. We were luckier, she told me, with our wind and our sun and our dust, and our heat and, and our no rain. And now here we were, drinking our own piss and floating on the sea to catch the water, gathering brine and distilling it slowly under a cruel sun, saving and squeezing every last drop, trading it like gold. But we still killed for it too, because some things never change. Tucking the letter back into the box with the others, I locked the cupboard and hung the key around my neck. If I didn't return, the lock would be broken and my box of memories discarded, making room for the new watchman who took my quarters. Life would go on, after a fashion, just not mine. Garrick met me at the base of the stairs, already scowling, not at all happy that I'd been summoned to this meeting to undermine his authority. Heard you fucked up today, was his greeting, and I poised, ready for the berating I deserved. What I didn't expect was his fist clouding me across the side of the head, not so hard it did any real damage, but enough to spin me sideways and set off a ringing in my ears. Oh yeah, he was mad. I didn't ask how he knew. Like I said, he had eyes everywhere. But in the dim light of the tunnel, his own bored into me. The two sentries looked every way except at us. You get a name at least? I shook my head. The fuck-up might have been mine, but Garrick took any slight against the watch personally. He'd probably get his revenge, too, but not with my help. Brandon was a fool, but I'd been as much to blame, and Garrick could do his own dirty work. Snorting his disgust at my incompetence, he unlocked the gate. I followed him in, waiting while he locked it again and then climbed the stairs behind him, blinking away the stars that kept dancing before my eyes. I'd have a hell of a headache tomorrow, <laughs> but it could have been worse. There were no landings, no doors leading into any passages between the base step and the last, just a rounded stone shaft supporting the staircase. 
It was hard to say what might have been on the other side of those stones, because the truth was not a lot was known about the tower, other than it was the seat of the council and home to all the keepers of knowledge, the ones who kept every record of every deed and every birth and death, the ones who supposedly guarded all the books and who no one ever saw. The bean counters. As I climbed, I tried to imagine them in dark, smoky rooms, poring over papers, inking their words in a hushed and reverent silence, and not for the first time was glad I hadn't ended up one of them. My grandmother, I knew, had once hoped I might have found work in the tower, but I reckon there are degrees of safety, and being incarcerated in the cold and the dark with only mounds of parchment for...